1: you have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction.
0: And now, we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
3: Hi, and welcome to the broadcast. Will and Mickey just had a healthy baby boy late last week, so they're they going to be out for the next couple of weeks. And so, Uh, Jeff Shreve and Debbie Shreve, we are here, and we are looking forward to being with you for the rest of this week and next week to talk about issues related to Scripture, related to marriage and family, and uh, a healthy and victorious walk with God. Now, we're coming to you from Texarkana, Texas. (laughs) Debbie and I, uh, we met and, and got married in Houston, and so Houston is home for us or was home for us for a long time. Now we have a, a mixed marriage because I'm a Longhorn and she's an Aggie, Whoop, whoop. and so uh, we, we have had to work through that. And back mm-hmm. in the day when Texas and Texas A&M still played each other, uh, it was always a big rivalry at Thanksgiving, so it's, it's uh, eased off a little bit in the last few years. But uh, we moved to Texarkana in 2003. I became the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas in uh, February of 2003 and God has blessed since we have been here. We've seen uh, him do great and mighty things. We've had a lot of growth and a lot of uh, just blessings from the Lord in terms of life change and just the church changing and, and God's spirit moving. It was in 2005 that uh, the Lord led me to start a radio and television ministry called From His Heart Ministries, and we started with $35,000 unsolicited And from there, the Lord has grown that ministry into uh, an outreach that touches hearts and lives around the country and around the world through various television and radio outlets. And we are very blessed and very privileged to be uh, partnering with American Family Radio. And we are heard uh, weeknights at 6 o'clock Central Time, Drive Time, and uh, just love being on AFR. Well, Debbie and I met in May of... 1985. That was our first date, and I fell for her really fast and really hard, and it took her a little bit longer, but we got married in March of 1986, March 15th, 1986, and that's the Ides of March for those who know William Shakespeare, but uh, from there, God blessed our marriage and uh, gave us children, and so Debbie, tell a little bit about our family.
4: Well, we started having our kids very quickly, and um, we... But before we were 30, we had all of them. And so our, our oldest daughter, Jill, was born in 1986, and then two years following. 87. 87, that's right, yes. do the math, okay, because we, we got married in 86, there got, you go.
3: Yeah, just okay. don't give them the wrong idea.
4: Here. Right, yes, we don't wanna give you the wrong impression. But they did come quickly. Jill in 87, okay. June of 87. Yes. And then our middle daughter, Amy, came in December of 89. Then in between her and our last child, we also miscarried twins. And so... um, that happened, that was rough, and then we were um, surprised by our little bundle of joy, our third child, who is Sarah, and she was born in November of 1991. So we had three kids under the age of four and a half, and um, we were busy, busy, busy
3: people. Exhausted people and busy people. Debbie always tells people uh, having three kids is... Uh,
4: I'll, yeah. Having three kids is way more than one more than two. Let me say that again. Three kids is a lot more kids than just the math tells you that two plus one equals three. That one more is a lot more than one when when you're in the mix of trying to handle, because you're having to go to zone defense. You're right. not man-on-man man anymore. Yeah, it's
3: not man-to-man. Man, it's zone. Right. And, uh, but God God blessed us, and uh, we had a, a wonderful time raising our children. Mm-hmm. And now we get to see, uh, we have two granddaughters, uh, Emmy and Lyndon. And Lyndon is, uh, she's our special, special granddaughter, adopted at birth mm-hmm. from Louisiana, Ruston, Louisiana. And she is such a, a joy. Her name's Lyndon Joy, and she is a joy to our family. And Emmy is just such a wonderful, wonderful kid. and. So we are greatly blessed, and all our girls are married to wonderful guys Mm -hmm. who love the Lord, and so uh, God has been extra good to us. Well, today on the broadcast, we want to talk about the most important place on earth, and the most important place on earth is your home, because home is where you live. Work is where you go. And sometimes work can feel like your second home because you're there so much, but you don't live at work. You live at home. And home is is supposed to be, God designed it this way, supposed to be a place of peace, of tranquility, of safety, of joy, of blessing. Uh, he wants it to be a great, great place. Now, before the Lord established Government before he established the church, before he established uh, schools, he established the home. He brought Eve, this this beautiful creature that he made from Adam's side. He took that bone out, performed the first surgery. Adam said, "This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man." Uh, In Hebrew, man is ish, and woman is isha. And when Adam saw Eve, he was just totally taken aback, blown away by her beauty. And it's like, wow, Isha, you know, this is, this is awesome. And then the Lord established the home, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And so home is a critical place. And that's what we want to talk about today, because most people, I would say every person wants home to be a great place. But for so many Christians included. Home is not a great place. Home is a is a scary place. Home is a dangerous place. Home is a place of uh, tension, tension and fighting and maybe violence. Um, it's a it's a place where uh, kids can grow up and and they're in they are in danger. They're in danger from physical abuse or sexual abuse. We uh, lived uh, in Houston at one time in this particular house and across the street one of the little boys is about 10 years old he would stay out on the street playing until dark and uh, didn't want to go inside the house because inside the house there was so much tension and so much fighting and that he just found it hey it's it's more peaceful out here and i've never forgotten that because uh, you know we talk about home sweet home well his home wasn't sweet and so Here's the question to consider, how can you have a home that really experiences the blessings of God? One of my favorite psalms, I I use it in almost every wedding that I perform, Psalm 127, verse one, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. You know, unless the Lord is the chief cornerstone of your home. Your home's never going to be all that God wants it to be, and it's going to be lacking in love and joy and peace and the fruit of the Spirit that God wants to bring into your home. You have to build your home on Jesus. You you probably remember in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, uh, the, the man who hears my words and acts upon them, he's the man who builds his house on the rock, but the one who hears the Lord's words, and doesn't act upon them. He's the man who builds his house on the sand. And listen, the house on the rock and the house on the sand, both of them have the same struggles. The rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and burst against both houses, and the house on the sand blew away, but the house on the rock stood. So, Debbie, as we get practical, what are some things that that you noticed that we did raising our kids that made a difference to give them a home that was safe and secure and full of peace and joy and happiness?
5: Well,
4: I think one of the, the first things that we did was that we let them know, and we, we lived out in front of them that we were completely committed to each other that divorce was not an option for us. That was never a word that was brought up in anger or brought up as a weapon. It was never spoken. And so our kids growing up had the security of knowing that mom and dad were going to always be together and they were going to always be there for them. And um, in the culture in which we live today, uh, so many people go so lightly into marriage thinking, well, if this doesn't work out, I can just bail out. It's, it's no big deal. Um, and we just we never had that kind of mindset. And from the very beginning, we established that. I remember one time you told me, if you ever leave me, Debbie, I'm going with you. You know, and um, and, and our kids knew that. I mean, you had even said that multiple times. You've said that in, in their presence. And so I think that was a it was a huge foundational stone on which we built our marriage and built our family.
3: You know, and Debbie and I talked yesterday about the, the foundation that everyone needs to have is the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. You know, Joshua said in, in that famous passage in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so when Debbie and I got married, we just knew we're going to serve the Lord together. And Jesus is not gonna be an add-on, a tack-on. He's gonna be the cornerstone of our home. And he's going to be the one that we uh, say, hey, we're in this marriage to please him, and we want to do what he says. And have we done it perfectly all these years? No and we still struggle, and and I struggle with selfishness, and Debbie struggles with selfishness, and, um, you know, marriages, when you you date, you put the best foot forward, but when you get married, then you see the whole, you see the other foot. You see the whole person, and uh, that's why marriage can be difficult, and the other person, you know, it's uh, two sinners getting married, and Uh, People often go into marriage with this idea, well, she's going to make me happy or he's going to make me happy. I remember hearing years ago a definition of marriage. What is marriage? It's two ticks getting together and there's no dog. Uh, They're just trying to suck off the other person, and you can't do that because I don't have what it takes to satisfy Debbie. She doesn't have what it takes to satisfy me. We have to find our satisfaction in the Lord, and as we dig in and press into the Lord and let his word shape us and do what he says, then we draw closer together, and we experience his life together together. And that's when the fruit of the Spirit, the love and the joy and the peace and all those good things from Galatians 5 come into our lives and come into our homes. Well, the other thing that you have to watch for in your home is the Lord is the greatest home builder. And unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. But you have an enemy who wants to destroy your home, and that is the devil. And the devil is the greatest home wrecker. Jesus said the thief comes only to steal and to kill, and to destroy. Now, if the devil wants to get you at the most critical spot, he doesn't hit you at work. He hits you at home. And home life is critical because you can get another job, but you can't get another family, a wife and family, your kids. And so we're going to talk about that in this next segment coming up. And we're going to be taking your calls. The number is 888 Five eight nine eight eight four zero. So we will look forward to uh, to that next segment. But until then, uh, we do want to talk a little bit about the devil coming uh, to bring. Uh, destruction to a home Debbie how does that take place
4: well it takes place so sneakily because he's just very sneaky and um, I think in today's culture he sneaks in in a a different way than he even snuck in when we were raising our children because culture is just so different today there's so many other um, avenues out there for him to attack
3: well yes and it's we've said this before it is so much harder of raise your family today right. than when we were raising our kids in the late 80s and early 90s. Right. And so uh, parents need to be ever more vigilant and prayerful and, uh, and wise in this day and age than in the last generation. So we're going to be talking about that in the next hour, and we're excited that uh, you are here joining us. And don't go away, because God has something special for you.
0: MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 27 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving Here you go. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE.
1: Well, these are certainly tough, tough times, aren't they? Hi, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, engaging the world with God's word for more than 80 years at only five dollars a Bible. You know, I'm grateful that God has given Bible League a platform for more than eight decades to address the other pandemic. And that's the shortage of Bibles all over the world in places like Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and Latin America. In fact, at Bible League, we determine that as few as one Christian in ten has a Bible. What's that mean? That during this pandemic, many evangelical Christians elsewhere in the world cannot open their Bible and be reminded of God's promises like 1 Peter 5-7, cast your cares on Him for He cares for you. But you know, during this time of sheltering in place, we can shelter in grace. Learn how you can be a blessing to believers around the world praying for a Bible by visiting sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org or by calling Bible League at 800-YES-WORD, 800-Y-E-S-W-O-R-D.
0: A moment of truth with Gary Bryden of the Association of Independent Methodists. Your freedom ends where my nose begins. Those are words that I remember as a schoolboy at Porter Military Academy from one of my history teachers. He was illustrating the limits of our personal freedom. God gives us freedom, but he tells us not to steal and covet. God gives us freedom, but he tells us not to lie or bear false witness against another. God gives us freedom but tells us to be true to our spouse and to leave another man's wife alone. God gives us freedom but tells us not to murder. God gives us freedom and invites us to turn from sin and trust Jesus as Savior. Why not trust Him today? The Association of Independent Methodists, like-minded congregations doing together what can't be done separately. Visit aim2020.com.
4: Welcome back to the broadcast. We are um, excited to have you here with us this afternoon. I'm Debbie Shreve, and my husband, Jeff Shreve, are your hosts this afternoon for this broadcast. And uh, we are talking about the significance and the importance of home, that place where we can all get recharged, where we can get refreshed, and just how do we go about making our homes the kind of homes that we want them to be. And um, we are looking forward to some questions, some call in. So I want to give you that number one more time so that you can be um, planning to call in and ask us anything that you'd like us to talk about further. But that number for you to call is 888-589-8840. Again, that's 888-589-8840. Four zero, and the last segment we talked about how important it was in our own in our own marriage and in our own home to make sure that we um, had a solid foundation of knowing that we were committed to each other, and our kids knew that. And the one thing that we we didn't talk about last segment, which um, I wanted to circle back to, was. We also wanted our kids to know how important the body of Christ was and to be involved in a local church. You know, the Bible tells us uh, to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And we wanted um, to make sure that our kids knew that church was not just something we did when we wanted to. We didn't wake up Sunday morning thinking, oh, today we feel like going. Oh, today we don't feel like going. We wanted that to be a priority thing in our family, that was not negotiable, and right. so if someone was sick, obviously we stayed at home. But um, they they knew if it was Sunday, that's where we were going to be as a family. We were going to be in the house of the Lord together, worshiping together with other like-minded believers. And um, there's such power in the presence of uh, an assembly of people who are focused on the same thing and that are worshiping the Lord together. And we have seen that played out in our lives when different tragedies have happened, where it's the body of Christ, that family that has come in and offered such support, and um, we would have been lost without it. And so we didn't want our kids to miss out on that. And that was a very important element that we tried to make sure that we enforced in our home
3: yeah you know the lord says uh, that we're not to forsake our assembling together as is the habit of some now with the coronavirus uh, a lot of people have gotten used to watching online watching the live stream and live stream is a great uh supplement but it's right. not a great substitute and uh, uh many many people have chosen to make that the substitute It can't substitute. It can't uh, meet the need of gathering together. There's just something about being with God's people and praising the Lord together and hearing the word together and, and praying together. And the kids being in Bible study classes and age-graded Bible study classes, those things are really, really critical. And so our kids just knew, hey, that's what you do on Sunday morning. That's what you do on Sunday night. That's what you do on Wednesdays. It was just part of their growing up experience.
4: You know, in in today's culture, like you said, so many have gotten um, to where they're very comfortable just staying at home. And I was thinking about it the other day, I think most people would agree that sending your kids to school it is about so much more than just academics at school they do learn academics but they also learn how to interact with other children they learn how to um, modify their behaviors there's there's just a lot more involved in a public education than just the academic part and i think if you translate that over into church attendance that works because there's so much more right. to being in church than simply hearing a sermon, right? There, there's so much more to it. And you just, that does not translate over the airwaves the no. same as it does if you're physically able to get somewhere and go somewhere. Right.
3: Well, we have on the line, Lonnie from Texas and uh, Lonnie, are you there? Yes. Huh? All right. It's great to have you. Thanks for calling in.
2: Yes, I wanted to uh, comment on a uh, sermon that I heard you preach, and it was people almost uh, want to keep God on standby, and when they want the good things from His hand, then that's when they call on Him that you uh, were talking about where the Word says, God said, you seek my face.'" Right. And then the good things will come from my hand. So we almost have it backwards. Right. And I thought that was a, a remarkable sermon. So thank
5: you.
3: Hey, thanks, Lonnie. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think that uh, it was probably from Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, which is such a key verse, especially for America today. And if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face seek my face, not my hand, not what I can do for them, but who I am and seek me. If they'll humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, God says, then I will hear from heaven. Then I will forgive their sin. Then I will heal their land. And so God doesn't want to be uh, you know, our genie in the bottle where we just, you know, we're going to rub the lamp a few times with prayer, and then God pops out and says, Yes, Master, what can I do for you? He's the master. We're the servant. So we seek his face. We seek, Lord, we just want you. Because when you want God's stuff, but you don't really want him, uh, that's, uh, that's very insulting to God, uh, I, I remember growing up with uh, my uncle who was very, very wealthy and very wonderful guy. And, uh, you know, if he ever sensed, he, he, would, he loved to do things for us and he loved to shower us with gifts and toys as kids growing up. But if he ever sensed that that's all we wanted from him or were the gifts and the toys and we didn't really want to be around him, well, he wouldn't have wanted to be around us And the same is true with God, you know, God owns a cattle on a thousand hills, but but God wants us to love Him for Him, not for what He can do for us, but just because we want to be with Him. So I'm glad that message ministered to you, Lonnie. We have, uh, secondly, Maria from Indiana. She has a question uh, concerning uh, being single. And so, Maria, are you there?
6: Yes, I'm here, and thank you for taking my call I was looking forward to the both of you being there today because I just wanted to ask you, you mentioned the scripture that said, go and multiply. How about um, people who are single who have tried to be married and they haven't been successful and they're still single, and there's many of those people. What is God's purpose for those people?
3: Well, a great question, Maria, and I, uh, I dealt with this uh, with with our daughter, especially our middle daughter, because she was 30 years old when she got married, and uh, it was she was wondering, is this ever going to happen for me? And I've talked to many, uh, many people over the years about that, people that want to be married, and it hasn't worked out for whatever reason. And so I always encourage people, listen, uh, Psalm 37, verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That word delight means to make yourself soft and pliable in the hands of the Lord. And if you will do that, then he promises to give you the desires of your heart. And if you desire to be married, um, you can keep bringing that before him. And that's not just a foolproof way of saying, I'm gonna get my my will done, because God may have other plans, but if you, will, if you will really make yourself soft and pliable in the hands of the Lord, he will use you in a special way. And some, some great men and women of God have lived a single life, and, and uh, God used them in special ways. You know, the scripture makes it clear in 1 Corinthians that when you're not married, you're free to just serve completely, serve the Lord, and you're not concerned about your spouse because you don't have a spouse. So if God chooses that for someone, he's going to give that person grace in that situation and he will use them greatly. But for... A great number of us, we desire to be married, we long to to have that companionship of of the opposite sex and to build a family with that person. And so I just always encourage people, hey, if that's the desire of your heart, don't let that go. Keep bringing that before the Lord. Keep sharing that with Him and saying, God, regardless, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to walk with you. Not my will, but yours be done, but Lord, you promised Psalm 34, verse 37, verse 4, if I would delight myself in you and make myself soft and pliable in your hands, you would give me the desires of my heart. So I'm trusting you, Lord, to fulfill your word. I think God loves it when we uh, take a promise from Scripture and we uh, we keep claiming that as we come to the Lord in prayer. So thanks so much for that call, Maria. We have Susan in Kansas, and uh, she has uh, something she wants to talk about. Susan, are you there? Yes, I am. Yeah. I can tell already we... that you're
6: the person, the perfect person to talk to about what I'm concerned about. I have um, some anxiety right now, <laughs> to be honest, because you know you listen to the the news and you hear things like, "Well, John Durham's not going to be turning, in, taking care of the things before the election," so it makes you think that it's not going to ever get taken care of. Then and and then I heard, um, you know, somebody said. Why does, I'm going to use this as an example, Biden always get away with everything, but President Trump's always under the gun, you know, it's stuff like that. Right. And so I'm just anxious right now. And I was wondering what your, your encouragement would be.
3: Yeah, okay. Well, great question, Susan. I think that uh, speaks for a lot of people today. Um, when things get crazy in our world, and especially in our country, I, I remind myself of Philippians chapter three. Our citizenship is in heaven. Uh, you know, I'm, we are citizens of of the Lord's kingdom, and that's our citizenship is in heaven with Him. And we are here. We're just sojourners here. We're here for such a time as this to make a difference, to make an impact, to shine for Christ, and to share what great things the Lord has done for us and how He's had mercy on us. I love America along with many, many others who love America. We don't want to see America destroyed. We don't want to see America revamped into some kind of socialistic nightmare. Um, We want to see America thrive and we want to see um, people do well and have opportunities and to be able to pursue uh, life, liberty, and happiness. And so we know that those things are at stake in this election and so we, uh, we pray and we pray for those in, in power. The Bible tells us to do that. And then we just trust God. You know, we do what we can. We vote and we encourage other people to vote and vote for righteousness. But then we just trust that the Lord is in control. And uh, it does say, Second Timothy 3.1, that in, in the last days, difficult times will come. And I believe that we're seeing these difficult times uh, coming to America. They've been in other parts of the world, but they're coming to our shores. And it is very hard to, to watch and to experience. And I, I do think it's going to get harder before, it, before the Lord returns at the rapture. And so he has called us just to be faithful, to keep trusting him. Second, uh, Revelation 2 verse 10 says, Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. And so I just want to encourage you and encourage our listeners out there, uh, no matter what happens in this election, no matter what happens in the future, we know that we can trust God. We know that he will never fail us. He'll never leave us and never forsake us. And as we shared yesterday, you know, standing up for Christ in an ungodly world could mean that we lose friends. It could mean that we lose our job. It could mean that we lose our freedom. We end up in prison. could mean that we lose our lives, as they did in the first century and another uh, in the early church, the days of the early church. So we need to just be faithful to the Lord and, and trust him no matter what, knowing that uh, for those who are faithful, we're going to receive from the Lord the greatest reward of all, and that's him saying, well done, my good and faithful servant.
4: I think, too, Susan, in, in this particular time that we're in, it doesn't behoove us to be on social media a lot, to watch the news constantly, um, because I think those, if we spend too much time on, on those types of a broadcast, and we can really get wrapped up in anxiety and in worry and fear for the future. And the enemy can just start planting seeds in our minds that can keep us so distracted and in such turmoil. And um, when you start feeling those things, when you start feeling that anxiety welling up in you, you just uh, take that before the Lord and say, "Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief." I'm going to trust you. I know that you are sovereign over all things. There is nothing that takes place that is outside your realm of control, and um, that we do have a good God who loves us, and He He's good, and we can trust Him with our today. We can trust Him with our future.
3: Right. It was very encouraging to see 50,000-some-odd people at Washington, D.C. for the Franklin Graham uh, Prayer March yeah, event return. on Saturday. And uh, that, is, that is, should encourage every Christian's heart that mm-hmm. there are many in America who haven't bowed the knee to bail. And
4: think how many didn't go to that. Right. Right? And that's, those are the people who did go. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome.
3: We have Carlos from Memphis. Carlos, are you there? Carlos is not there, so. um, We'll come
4: back to Carlos. Maybe he'll be back when we get back. He
3: might be back, he might be back. Well, um, you know, in uncertain times, we need to just trust a God who is faithful and true. I love that about Jesus when he returns, Revelation chapter 19, his name is faithful and true. And so we can trust the Lord no matter what, no matter what's going on in life, because he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us, he'll never drop us in the grease. As David said in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you are with me. And your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so uh, no matter what you may be facing, no matter what we may be facing, together we can trust the Lord to know that he's gonna see us through. He's gonna take us to the other side. Hey, we're excited to follow Jesus, and we know that He has something great for us as we walk with Him and walk in His ways. So we'll be back in just a minute, and you stay tuned.
0: American Family Radio newscasts are now available as a podcast. I'm Rusty Pugh. I'm Steve Jordahl. Didn't catch the full story? Listen to the podcast. I'm Chris Woodward. I'm Chad Groening. Didn't have the radio on at the top of the hour? Listen to the podcast. I'm Charlie Bunch. And I'm Fred Jackson. Get accurate news from a Christian perspective whenever you want it with the American Family News podcast. You can also sign up for our daily news brief. Visit onenewsnow.com. AFA is pleased with President Trump's nomination of Amy Coney Barrett as our next Supreme Court Justice. Judge Barrett opposes judicial activism, and she's a well-respected woman of faith. Liberal opposition to this nominee by anti-religious bigots will be intense. Now's the time to contact your senators and urge them to stand strong against the liberal tsunami of hate aimed at Judge Barrett. Email or call and urge your senators to confirm Amy Coney Barrett. Learn more at AFA.net.
4: What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God?
0: After two
2: years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality.
1: There are only two sexes, male or female, If you're conceived with a Y chromosome,
4: you will develop into a male.
2: In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing
0: testimonies of former LGBT individuals.
1: In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation.
2: Visit inhisimage.movie to register for a free sneak preview.
5: Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox.
1: My hormone
2: blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is coming soon. Visit inhisimage.movie. You're made in the image of
3: God.
0: Thursday, October 8th at 7 p.m. Central, concerned citizens from across the nation will gather for the AFA at Home virtual town hall. Register for free at afaaction.net. It's an opportunity for you to tap into the trusted insight of our panel of frontline culture warriors. Sandy Rios, Dr. Richard Land, Star Parker, Abraham Hamilton III, the Benham Brothers, and Tim Barton. Topics include censorship in social media, the sanctity of life, socialism, the threat to America's republic, and more.
1: Hi, I'm Walker Wildman, host of AFA at Home. At this critical time in America, it's important that we stay abreast of the threats to our nation's future. That's why we're bringing you AFA at Home, our first ever virtual town hall, Join us. AFA at Home streams live Thursday, October
0: 8th at 7 p.m. Central at afaaction.net. Register for free at afaaction.net.
3: All right, welcome back. Jeff Shreve here along with my wife, Debbie, and we are talking about the home, and we're talking about how we can have homes that uh, bless God and, and experience the goodness of God uh, in, at the most important place, and that's the place that we live. Well, we have uh, Carlos from Memphis. He has a question about marriage. Carlos, are you there? Hello. Hello, Carlos. Hi. Hi. How are you? Thank you for taking my call.
2: I'm well. well. You're very welcome. And God bless you.
3: God bless God you. God
2: bless you. Uh, I think you all doing a wonderful job standing in for the Addisons, and I really do appreciate you guys. And listening to thank your you. discussion about home and something you said at the opening of the broadcast, about you know, uh, divorce was never an issue. Uh, you had come to that conclusion. I've been married 19 years as of uh, as of last month, August, and, and to my lovely bride, and we Good. made that same vow unto God that divorce was not. Uh, it was going to be until the rapture or death does us apart, whichever <laughs> came first. Yeah. And I'm reading. I'm reading a book, and you may be familiar with a guy, by, the author. His name is Gary Thomas, and it's uh-huh. called "Sacred Marriage." And the right. subtitle is "What if God designed marriage to make us holy more than to make us happy?" And I think that's a lot of issue going on with marriages that people want to be happy as opposed to seeing it as sacred. And when we right. understand the the, the, the the sacredness of God, and He's a holy God then our marriages would be that way and then we will have what you explain as it relates to the 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 gifts of the uh, and the joy I mean the fruits of the spirit you'll have joy you'll have peace yeah we're going to have some ups and downs some peaks and valleys but I've learned something that even though I may be in a valley place there are lilies in the valley he is the lily in the valley and is he's, he's arrayed with glory and majesty and so therefore even though I may be low when I go to the next mountaintop And I come back down because there's a descent in every height that we go up. And there's a descent, at least in that. And just from a natural standpoint, when I come to that second valley after coming off of the descent, I'm still higher than when I was before. And I got to thank God for that. I got to thank God for my lovely bride again of 19 years. Um, She came from a different faith, a different background of faith. Um, I was somewhat always Pentecostalism, uh, Pentecostal. uh, But I just believe the Bible. I believe the Word of God. And and she was a little skeptic because I would praise God. I would shout. And then she was like, oh, man, I made the wrong decision. But then she was home one night. She thought that. She had a testimony that she said she was home one night. And she had this personal encounter again. And, you know, and she said God told her not to question what she doesn't understand. And it came down to her cultivating her own personal relationship. Yeah, there were some things that I did. And I could I could lead her as the head, and and then but she had to find out for herself truly who her her God, her Jesus, and Holy Spirit is. Yes. And so I just wanted to add that comment to what you were saying about the marriage. Amen. Continue to do the great work that you're doing, and I'll keep you guys lifted in prayer. Bless hey, you Hey, thanks. Thank thanks, you, Carlos.
3: Carlos. Thanks for sharing. Jason from Arkansas. Jason, are you there? Our
4: neighbor. Yeah, he's, he's close by.
3: Yeah. He might he might not be there. So Debbie, you were saying about uh the difficulties raising kids today versus
4: uh yes. Well you know when our kids were
3: growing up and...
4: Oh there he's back. Jason in Arkansas Jason, are we there? found you.
3: <laughs> hey Jason. how are you? Good, how are you? I'm all right.
2: I had a question, uh a couple Bible questions. Uh have you ever heard of preterism? Yes, Yes. Well, I, I had a question on that because somebody was telling me, and um, Matthew 16 and 28 uh, says, There shall be some standing here that shall not taste of death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And they also uh, showed me Hebrews 9 and 26, where it says, For he often must have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world, as he appeared to put, put away sins by the sacrifice of himself. Also, I think it's Hebrews... Or not, was Ephesians 3 and 21, where it says, world without end, amen. It also says the same thing in uh, Isaiah. So I was wondering, uh, what, what's all that about?
3: Well, when Jesus told uh, the disciples, there are some here that will not taste death until they see the, the Lord in his kingdom, that was right before the transfiguration. So it was Peter and James and John that were able to see that because Jesus revealed his glory to them. He, His, his face began to shine like the sun. His clothes became whiter than any launderer on earth could whiten them. And then uh, there were Moses and Elijah there with him on the mountain and the voice of God, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. So they were uh, privileged to experience uh, a measure of the glory of God, of Jesus coming in his kingdom. But as far as preterism goes, that that is a teaching that says the, the things in Revelation have already taken place, and so uh, those, those aren't future events. Well, obviously the Antichrist hasn't come, and we haven't had a one-world government, and we haven't had the mark of the beast, and these things that uh, the Bible Tells us about uh, number one on the on the the list is the rapture of the church that hasn't taken place. Preterists don't believe uh, necessarily in the rapture of the church, at least not the way that a, a pre-tribulation raptureist would believe it. Uh, the rapture of the church is taught in the Bible very clearly, First Thessalonians chapter four. And so that is going to take place. The big question is, when does that take place? Now, I believe that that takes place before the tribulation. I don't think the tribulation has come yet. I think we've had uh, seasons of tribulation, but the great tribulation that the Bible speaks of, uh, the seven-year tribulation with the last half, those last three and a half years being just hell on earth, we have not experienced that yet, and we don't want to experience that. Um, that's The Lord delivers us from the wrath that is to come, so that is good news for the believer, That. Uh, God hasn't destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I would not be a preterist. Uh, I would be a uh, pre-tribulation rapturist. And... uh, and I think that uh, the things in Revelation have not happened yet. Obviously, the letters to the churches, that has taken place, Revelation 2 and 3. Revelation 4 hasn't taken place. Revelation 4 talks about John being caught up to heaven. I think that's a picture of the rapture and experiencing the glories of heaven. And then in in, uh, Revelation chapter 6, you have the breaking of the first seal, and that enters into the tribulation period, that seven-year tribulation period. But that's a good question. Thank you, Jason. Uh, We do have Betty from Arkansas talking about marriage or having a question on marriage. So, uh, Betty, are you with us? I am. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in. Hello, my
6: brother. Well, thank you. Hello, my brother and sister. Um, I just want to share something with y'all. My husband and I are celebrating our 52nd wedding anniversary today.
3: All right. Well, happy anniversary.
6: Isn't that that beautiful? Thank you. And um, the Lord's blessed us. Um, I married a believer. We're both believers, and we've had a wonderful, wonderful marriage. Um, And I just wanted to stress to you, um, people, when they go out and they're looking for a mate, get to know that person. We courted each other for over a year. There was no sex. Uh, We held hands occasionally. But when we got married, we wanted to be committed for life. And he's my best friend, like I said. I just love being with him. Uh, we study God's Word every day and pray together every day, and uh, it's it's, a, it's such a joy when I hear that y'all uh, enjoy the same relationship we do, and wow, I, I bless that's... the Lord for that, and thank you so much for sharing your
3: story with us. Amen. Thank you so much, Betty, and I hope you have a great anniversary today, and 52 years is awesome, and so I hope you have many, many more together.
4: Yeah. Yeah, with each year, it just gets more fun, actually. You know, I mean, there's definitely some ups and downs, but it's wonderful to have that this the security of that kind of commitment to each
3: other. Tell them about uh, our empty nest experience. Oh, dear.
4: Okay. our when our youngest two went off to college, um, they both kind of left the same morning. And this was the first time that the youngest one was going to really be gone. And so we were truly, truly empty nesters for the very first time. And it was a Sunday morning. We we're getting ready for church. And so they both pulled out and I came back in the house after we had, we had seen them off and I was just kind of crying. And I was telling Jeff, you know, I'm, I'm just, I just going to miss them so much. Or, you know, what if, what if we don't like this empty nest? What are we going to do? And Jeff says to me, he goes, Debbie, this is just a new chapter in our lives. And I was like, yes, but I like the old chapter. The old chapter was a really great chapter. And, uh, he said, we're, we're going to get used to it. We're going to be just fine. And, um, you know, he was right, because by that afternoon in and in a few hours, we were just thinking, wow, this is kind of fun. We could just kind of do whatever we want to do. And, you know, what's interesting is how quickly we got selfish with doing whatever we wanted to do right. once all the kids were gone. Um, but it, that is so important that you have um, focused your marriage on your marriage and not your kids, because your kids are going to be leaving. They are not going to be with you forever. Now, they sometimes boomerang back, yeah, but then you hopefully push them out of the nest another time. But um, it's so important that you've really worked on that marriage and on that relationship and on that friendship, and you've never let that friendship wane because those kids are going to be gone out of your house. And, uh, and that was one thing that we did make a priority was making sure that we just always maintained our friendship, that we enjoyed spending time together and being together. And we had things, uh, common things that we like to do and recreations that we like to enjoy together and to just laugh and be in each other's company. And I can say that I have, I have some great girlfriends and some great family, but if I have, if I had to choose, I would much rather spend time with Jeff than with anybody else on the planet, because um, he's still just my very best friend. And um, if you want to chime in...
3: Unless we're playing golf, then she would rather be with her girlfriend.
4: Right, yeah, well, you know, golf is not necessarily my thing. But I think that's important. And that's so important for your kids to know, too, as as they're growing up in your home, that they see that mom and dad's relationship is the most important thing. In that household, that your house is not child-centered, but that it is marriage-centered, um, and right, that, that gives that gives your kids such security,
3: tremendous security, yeah, because they know mom and dad love each other. Well, we have Mary from Louisiana calling in. This will be our last call of the day. Mary, can you hear us? Yes,
6: I'm here.
3: Yeah. Well, thanks for calling. How can we help you today?
6: Yes, I hope you are, Debbie, Ken. This is a question I've pondered for a long time, and it refers to Adam and Eve, okay? Um, I am a believer, and I know that they sinned because they ate of the tree of good and evil, and the Lord told them not to, but they disobeyed him, and they sinned, okay? Right. Is that why humankind, were all born into sin? And if not, what's the reason? Why, why are we born into sin?
3: Yeah, great question. So Adam and Eve sinned. They had one commandment. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day you eat of it, you will surely die. And Adam and Eve ate, and they died. But now, you gotta see where they died. See, God made Adam and Eve a house of three rooms. He made them in His image. And just as God is Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, He made a man, Adam and Eve, He made them body, soul, and spirit. And so when God said that in the day you eat of it, you will surely die, they did die, but they didn't die in their body. Sh- immediately that day. They didn't die in their soul. They died in their spirit. And in their spirit, is that's what that was the part of them that connected them to God. And that's where they died. And when they had children, they passed along a dead spirit to their children. And so from Cain on down, we're dead inside toward God. And that's why Jesus said in John chapter 3, To Nicodemus, you must be born again, because unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Uh, Marvel not, it says that you must be born again. We have to have the Spirit to come into our lives, to make us alive spiritually, so that we uh, can experience the life of God. Ephesians chapter 2 says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to uh, the Spirit of the power of the air, uh, the spirit that is now working, and the sons of disobedience. And so we needed the Lord to come, open our eyes, convict our hearts of sin, and show us our need for Jesus, for by grace you're saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, lest anyone should boast. And so all of us fell into sin with Adam and Eve, because we're all sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. The first two people, they passed along a dead spirit, and that dead spirit, dead toward God, that's why we need the Lord to give us a new heart. That's why we have the need to be born again, to be alive spiritually, and that comes about when we repent and put our faith in Jesus, and we receive his spirit to make us alive. So that's a great question. I appreciate you asking that. Well, we want you to uh, to have a great home. And God wants you to have a great home. And as we said in, at the top of this hour, it comes by building your house, by building your life on the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 127, when, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. No matter how hard you try, if you don't build your life, your marriage, your family on Jesus, it's just going to be sand. And when the rains come and when the floods come and when the winds descend, they're going to blow your house down. But hey, if you'll do what he says and build on the rock, that you can handle any difficulty that comes your way. God is a good God. He wants to bless you. He loves you with all his heart. We look forward to being with you again next time. God bless you. Thanks for listening.